left my side I lost all feeling, girl, I'm jaded Girl, I'm jaded Yeah, I'm crazy, maybe you're right When we were at 500, the captain uh, was walking us to go perform for the troops and stuff yeah. And and uh, I said, so where are we? He said, oh, yeah, the Iranian border's right there And I was like, ooh, do y'all get, you know, like a bomb attack? He goes, oh, yeah I said, how often does it happen? He said, about every three to five days. I said, how long has it been? He said, it's been four days. <laughs> well, I think it's going to happen while we're here. I was like really scared. But um, it, it was, it's so amazing though. In that scenario, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, like I, I hope my, my shorts can hold 10 to 12 pounds because I might, <laughs> you know, if something happens, I might so need to test this out. You're listening to Big T Energy with your host, Tiffany Hart. On today's episode, we have the incredibly humble, talented, and hilarious Dean Sams from the band Lone Star. That's right. We talk about how he got started in his successful music career. Dean shares some hilarious stories about the time that he played for military members overseas. And of course, we talk about relationships. You can find Dean on Instagram at Dean Sams or at Lone Star Official. They're also on TikTok at Lone Star underscore official. Or if you guys would like to figure out what their tour dates are so you guys can go ahead and party with them, you guys can go to LoneStarNow.com. We absolutely love hearing from you all. So if there's a certain topic you want us to talk about, a guest you'd like us to have on, or maybe even some advice that you'd like us to answer, <clears throat> even though we're totally not qualified, go ahead and hit us up in our DMs at Big T Energy Podcast on Instagram. Without further ado, here is Dean Sands. Since since we're country, we're in sync. We're in sync. So that's the thing. Me sitting here with you, you have a little bit of a twang. I do. A li- yes, you just the Listen, way you said it. Most people don't think a thing of the way I talk. <laughs> I I think I talk really nicely. Right? So because of that, I feel like it's going to come off onto me. Like I talk normally, but the minute I hear a twang, I start getting it in yeah in my vocabulary. Yeah, my that, Missouri roots come out. Missouri roots, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you Same. got your Texas roots. I do have my Texas roots, but I've been in Tennessee so long, so I'm kind of really messed up because I have oh, my no. Texas twang with my years of Tennessee twang. Okay, so your voice doesn't even know what to do now. It really doesn't. Uh-huh. That's why I attempted a British accent just to change it up. It was pretty good. Thanks. It was man. a good attempt. Well, I don't know if you guys know, when I am here, well, welcome, first of all, the Big T Energy welcome. podcast, okay? Um, I am here with the one and only Dean Sams. Thank God there's only one of me. <laughs> But the ultra talented, like, okay, first of all, Dean and I, I'll go ahead and just let you guys know. Dean and I hung out last night. Yeah. And it was completely unexpected. I went to the Red Door Saloon really quick yeah. just for a little nightcap. And all of a sudden, I see Toby. And mm-hmm. Toby's like, Dean's in the back. Go say and hi. Toby's our tour manager. He's our tour manager. Yeah. He's awesome. He hooked us up. Mm-hmm. And so there we are, just like drinking and having fun for the yeah, whole night. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was these bags, though, under oh, these please. eyes. It's, we stayed out too late. You, you, I mean, I kind of was, you, you did. I was a little responsible. You crashed a little early. A little, like at one something. Some of us stayed out later. Yeah. But you got that rock star lifestyle you're probably used to. No, I'm not. No, I'm actually, I mean, I do stay up late regardless. If, even if I'm at my house on my couch. Okay. I never go to bed before two o'clock in the morning. I feel like I'm the same. Are you, so you're a night owl. I'm a night owl. So am I. Yeah. Now, do you wake up early still though? 
I do because I have outside of Lone Star, I have two other businesses. Okay. So, um, yeah, I have a uh, a commercial LED lighting company. Wow. And um, and then I also do credit card processing. Good so. for you. So yeah, so I have to get up and and yeah, do my thing in the morning. Yeah. Well, tell. So I already know what you do, but everyone else is probably sitting here like, okay, they might know, may not. So my little band Lone Star. Little, come on. Um, we, uh, I put us together in 1992, mm-hmm. um, and I play piano, guitar, and sing in the band. That's what I do. And I, uh, like I said, put us together in 92, and uh, just, it's been rocking. We've been so lucky and blessed in our careers. Um, we've had 10 number one songs, 22 top tens. We've sold 10 and a half million, over 10 and a half million records. That's so. crazy. But um, it's it's been such an unbelievable career. I mean, I feel like I should be sacking groceries at Piggly Wiggly or something. And somehow this great fortune has happened to me. Is this something that you always knew you wanted to do when you were younger? Like you were like, I no. want to be a singer. No. And how did it all start? So um, I'll try to give so I don't put people to sleep during <laughs> your show. Um, but no, I didn't sing, play or anything really till I was a senior in high school. Okay. Um, my, I, you won't hear me say I'm great at anything. I was a really good football player and I thought that's what I was going to do for a living. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, um, because of circumstance, I'll just tell you, my mama raised three of us by herself basically. Uh, and anytime we couldn't afford our little apartments that we'd live in, we'd move in the middle of the night to another apartment that would give you a month free. Oh, uh-huh. And so we moved a lot and, um, and Every time I'd move, I'd had to change schools. And so I had found a school my seventh grade year that I really liked. And then I had to change schools for eighth grade. That sucks. And um, so I was mad at my mom and I said, I'm going to show her. So I skipped 40 days of school. Kids don't do that. (laughs) No. (laughs) And so I skipped 40 days of school and they held me back. Well, um, fast forward to in Texas, you get five years of eligibility to play football okay. from your eighth grade year. And they did that because parents started holding their kids back to get them bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I lovingly say eighth grade was the best two years of my life. And, um, so eighth, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th. So spring ball junior year couldn't play, uh, coach Ewell calls me in the office and says, you can't play ball. Why coach? Well, you fell eighth grade. And he explained the rules, so I couldn't, um, I couldn't play football. And so, um, my best friend, who was the blonde hair, blue eyed, good looking dude that all the girls loved, and I was his best friend that the girls didn't love. Um, uh, he was like, "You ought to get in choir." I was like, "I'm not getting choir with all you sissies." And he said, "There's lots of girls." There you go. And we go on trips. I was like, girls. did you say girls and trips? Are you kidding me? Sign me up. <laughs> la, 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 la. Like, I'll sing all day long. Yeah, and I didn't know I could sing or anything, but I had to audition. And so he stood beside me, sang something. I sang what he sang, and the choir director put me in choir. And then he uh, got me to audition for the Texas State Choir as a joke. And so he would sing this Italian piece over and over until I memorized it because I can't read music, still can't. And um, and I learned this Italian piece, and I got first in area, first in region, second in the state of Texas. Wow. And I got a full-ride scholarship to Southwest Texas State. And at the same time, my favorite song was uh, Ronnie Millsap's Stranger My House. Okay. 
And for whatever reason, nobody in my family's musical or anything, mm -hmm. but I could play that song. Really? Hold this. Got you. So, seriously, um, I don't know how, I don't know why. It was like a, a God thing. I feel sorry for this kid. Let's give him something. Because I could sit down. My favorite song. I could play it. I love it. And <laughs> just... I sat down in the choir room. I was playing that. And then that led to I could play this song and I could play that song. And um, you said that natural raw talent. It was a it was a God thing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. Um, and I went from that. My mom um, got me a uh, that guitar right over there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a cheapy, cheapy, cheapy It's like ninety nine dollars. And it's not, you couldn't give me a million dollars for I wouldn't take it. I mean, it's. You know, she gave for graduation from high school. Aww. So I learned to play guitar. And, um, yeah, and that just turned into uh, I play a lot of instruments, but I'm not really great on any of them. I'm slightly above below average on most of them. I feel like other musicians would probably say differently. Mm. You seem to be very humble. <laughs> no, I'm pretty no. terrible. I'd tell you, if I was great, I'd go, I'm so great. You're just like a jack of all trades of all the I, instruments. Yeah, I am so great, people. No. <laughs> Um, if I were great, I might say that I was great, but I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm all right. Yeah. But I like to say, I had a buddy of mine one time. Um, he had been to a bunch of our shows mm -hmm. and and I was telling him I was frustrated because I didn't feel like I was improving anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'd kind of hit this plateau where I wasn't getting any better at any of my instruments. And he goes, Dean, I've seen so many of y'all shows. And he goes, the way you perform, the way you engage the crowd, the way you smile, he goes, People are listening with their eyes, not their ears. And I went, thanks. <laughs> I think you just gave me a compliment, I think. I think, yeah. yeah. But, so I don't know. I, so, yeah. with all of this then, so with all your talent that you just realized that you had, mm -hmm. and, thank, I mean, thank God for your, you know, blonde hair, blue-eyed friend, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So Scott is Honeycutt. Yeah. So this is something later on that you were like, I want to put together a band. Yeah, so I, I was... In another, I started putting, I, I went to college for a year, hated okay. it, was not for me. Um, and so I, I moved back to Garland and started putting a series of terrible bands together. And um, one of the bands that I had, there was a, a another singer, a girl singer also, and then myself and mm -hmm. other players. The, gir the girl singer and the guy um, were going to audition for this thing called Opryland, and they asked if I wanted to do it. Okay. And I was like, what's Opryland? Yeah. And so they said, oh, it's this theme park in Nashville. They have live shows. It's really cool. It'll get you to Nashville. And I was like, they go, do you want to go? And I go, yeah, I'll go. What do I have to do? They said, oh, you just got to sing a couple songs. Okay, cool. So we go to um, University of Texas, Arlington. And it's an open open call in this in their theater. And you could watch other people audition. Mm -hmm. And um, and I ended up, that's where I met our original lead singer, Richie McDonald. He was auditioning for Opryland. And um, I ran into him in the restroom, and I said, hey, I heard your audition. I'm Dean. Uh, what's, Richie, nice to meet you. You're a great singer. Good luck. Yeah. He said, thanks. Um, as it turned out, I made it. He didn't. Really? So I moved here, and a year later, he moved here and saw me in the show and um, had somebody have me come out. We got started talking. We were going to do a duo for a minute, and I was doing, <clears throat> at the time, I was working four jobs, putting my wife, uh, now ex-wife, through school, uh -huh. and I was doing everything but music. 
And uh, I told him, I said, I really just want to do one job, and I really just want to do music. Mm -hmm. I said, I've been the leader of every band I've ever been in. Do you want to be in a band? He goes, oh, no, they're a headache. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and um, I was like, dude, if you'll do it, I'll book us. I'll take care of hotel rooms. I'll do your taxes at the end of the year. All you got to do is show up and sing. Wow. And that was my sales pitch. Yeah. And then so he agreed to it. I grabbed him. I got, I saw John Rich from Big and Rich. He was originally in Lone Star. And he, um, great singer, sang really high. And um, he, I wanted to have Richie lead, John sing high harmony, me sing low, and kind of like an Alabama type band. Okay. And um, just, uh, I saw John play bass in a talent contest, backing up another country singer named James Bonamy. John was terrible on the bass, but I didn't care because he could sing really high and sing really great. Sure. And um, so brought him in and then got Michael Britt, and we went through three other drummers until we finally landed with Keach. And like six months before we got a record deal, Keach came on board, and and it's we did 2,500 shows or sets oh. in the first two and a half years before really? we got a record deal. Traveling in a two-door Jeep Cherokee, my two-door Jeep Cherokee, pulling a U-Haul. First trip was... Um, uh, Nashville to St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. You know, yep. you know St. Charles. My parents live there right now. <laughs> it's a great place. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, so we went to St. Charles, Missouri there for a week, went to Reno, Nevada. Okay. We were there for a month. And while we were in Reno, we, we became friends. We were playing a casino, became friends with, um, the program director for the bull. And I'm still friends, Tom Jordan. If you're listening, I'm giving you props. What up, Tom? Um, but he, loved us mm -hmm. and he said hey we're sponsoring a stage at the fair if y'all want to work during the day at the fair and i was like yeah because you know we're poor as all get out so any extra money was great sure. so we would set up at the fair play three sets tear down go over to the arena open up for we open up for tanya tucker tracy bird paul overstreet ronnie Millsap. Wow. um all these people we do just a 30 minute opening set tear down again go over to the casino set up play five sets we did that for two weeks you guys were going hard and then went from there to vancouver canada for a week calgary canada for a week fort myers florida for a week and home that was our first trip out as a band in a two-door jeep cherokee pulling a u-haul i always love hearing how you guys all began yeah. how these things began because i don't think people realize everything you guys did to get there right yeah i think it's really easy sometimes to see someone's success mm -hmm. And just be like, you know, you know, and I'm not saying everyone, but some people see the success and be like, man, they got lucky, right? Or like, man, they caught a big break. But in reality, you guys are working your ass off. But you said four different jobs and everything. I mean, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, there is sometimes the right time and place with yeah. things. Mm -hmm. But you, you guys were, you know, you're like, look, two door Jeep, doing everything we could yeah. to get to where we're at now. You know, where you guys were at. But and there is a certain amount of luck, and there's a like you said, certain amount of right time, right place. But, okay. But it's it's kind of that old adage, and I'm going to totally mess the phrase up, but it's like something about preparation meets, you know, it's the three Ps. Well, I can't even remember what they are now. But basically, when you get that opportunity, you have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were really good. And, um, and uh, what one of the terms we have in the military is it's, it's, it's like, Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance or something like that, too. Yes, <laughs> I like that. See, I couldn't remember something the, like that. But it's something similar, right? Yeah. You prepare for beforehand, and then you're good to go when the time comes. You have to be prepared. Yeah. And um, and I think we were. We, you know, we loved what we did. 
what we were doing and we worked at it and Mm -hmm. uh, we were a really good performing band too like that was a big part of us we sounded really good but we also were really good entertainers Mm -hmm. and that made a big difference and so we finally i'd heard about what led us to our record deal was i'd heard we were on the road playing in all these places and i'd heard about this new place in nashville opened up called the wild horse saloon uh-huh. and it they were like oh this place is three stories it's incredible um it's going to be like the club in the united states like everybody's going to talk about it and they're hiring a house band so while we were on the road i found out who was booking it was somebody that was a management type person at opryland when i worked there really <clears throat> so i was like I called him and I said, hey, what's the deal about the Wild Horse? And he said, oh, it's incredible. Such an incredible place. And I said, I hear you're in charge of booking the band. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the house band. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I've got your band. And he goes, oh, he said, auditions are closed. They had auditioned over 100 bands. And uh, and I went, have you picked anybody yet? And he said, no. And I was like, well, where are your band? And he goes, Dean, you didn't audition. I said, do you know why all those other bands could audition? And he goes, I don't think I understand the question. Why do you think they could audition and we couldn't? He uh-huh. goes, I don't know. And I said, because none of them are working bands. <laughs> they threw something together, came in, auditioned for you, said, we're actually out working. Let me tell you what we've done. And I went through our stuff, and I said, if you want to look good, you'll book us. And he goes, Dean, if I give you this opportunity and you make me look bad, he goes, I will make sure you never have a career. I said, I'm going to make you look <clears throat> really good. I'm gonna make, I said, I'm going to make us look good. Yeah. He gave us the gig sight unseen. Dang, you're so. a good salesman. I'll tell hey you. Hey guys, right guys, yeah. You are though. Well, <laughs> it worked, and we were the first band to ever play there, and we got did our showcase to get a record yeah. deal there, and it all so worked. So that's out. when it happened. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So you guys, so how? What would you say was like that moment that you knew you guys grew to fame and like that pinnacle moment in a sense? Was there one where like there was a certain song that projected you, like just kind of like got you guys into the whole atmosphere we or came was out it just gradual we came out like gangbusters like our first single uh was called tequila talking uh-huh. and it went to four on the charts which was great for a debut single yeah. and then we followed that up with our uh second single was called no news and it was a three-week number one record Dang. so i mean to and then we followed that up with another song called run away with my heart which went to seven and then we had this one song that we um performed um out everywhere we played as a bar band before we had a record deal it was original that we had called when cowboys didn't dance and mm-hmm. every time we performed this song people lost their minds they loved this song really so it was kind of our little ace in the hole we're like if we've done this good with these songs wait till we put out this song yeah so we went out to moab utah and we shot a video out there for this song spent 150 grand which back then that that's like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a now. lot of money, yeah. It was a lot of money, and um, spent all this money. It was had all these cowboys and had a whole cattle drive, and it was amazing. Looked beautiful, all this stuff. The song died, I think, at like forty seven on the charts. Really? Mm-hmm. Why do you yeah. think that is? It's just like because mm. you know people. So people who were coming to see you loved it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, and this was a lesson. You can't really judge or at least we couldn't what should be a single based off of um based off of uh just a crowd's reaction live because live there's so many other factors that go into the reaction you get mm-hmm. it's how you're performing it what you're doing things you say are they drinking yep um so 
I guess it just didn't resonate with as many people as we thought it would. Yeah, as it was there. And it went to 40. And then, uh, but it was it was still, it was such a great time. And so we that was our only stinker, really. That's still good, though. Yeah. It's still on the charts. Like, do you know what I mean? Do you know how many people would be like, man, I would take a 40 on the charts? Yeah. But, you know, we got spoiled, kind of. Sure. You know, a f- four, three-week number one, seven. Then the stinker, 47. So yeah. it was it was uh, eye-opening. Then we did another album, uh, the second album, and it had two number ones on it. Mm-hmm. Come Crying to Me and Everything's Changed. Um, but th- we started losing record sales for some reason. We, were, we sold a lot of records right off the bat, and then all of a sudden they started doing this. Mm-hmm. So some reason we weren't resonating. And uh, that's when our record label decided they, we needed to go to one singer. Um, because Richie sang half the lead and then John Rich sang half the lead. Okay. And so when that, uh, they said that we ended up kicking John out of the band. Really? Yeah. Cause after we decided Richie was going to be the singer, he, he was upset, which I totally get it. I mean, yeah. he's such a talent. He's like probably one of the most talented people I know in this town. And I know a lot of people in this town. Mm-hmm. He's just got the gift. He's a great singer, great writer, uh, plays, you know, multiple instruments. I mean, he's really a talented dude. And um, he wanted to be a front man, a singer, and to say, "All right, you're going to be the bass player in this band." Yeah, it's not. He didn't. He didn't want to do it, and so he started, you know, stirring up trouble. And so we had to give him the boot, which was kind of tough because sure. when when I brought him in this band, he turned 18 on our first gig together. No way. So he was a baby. He was. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And he left. How old was? Um, let's we'll see. I've got to think about this. How many years into it it would have been? He was with us for about four and a half, five years, okay. I guess. So, yeah, he was 22, 23 yeah, years old. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. So now, since you guys, you know, had these hits, these number one charts and everything, and it kind of happened, you said, fairly quickly. Yeah. Did that rise in fame for you guys? Because you guys know, like, all of a sudden you guys go from in your Jeep to no one kind of really knowing you, right? Right. It's all of a sudden, like, all these people. Yeah. And women. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden, like, knowing who you guys are and following you guys around, did it, do you feel like it changed anything for you? Or? Not for me. Or for um, anyone. Like, because fame does change people, right? It can. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a really good friend of mine, um, songwriter who has now passed, um, his name's John Gerard. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pretty good talk one time. Um, he was so intuitive. He... So John Gerard used to be a um, race car, uh, a race car driver. And then he got diabetes, ended up losing his sight, went blind, all this stuff. And after that, he became a songwriter and wrote tons of great songs. Um, He wrote a big number one for Blackhawk called, um, I forget what they titled it, but it's the the tagline, excuse me, the tagline is, I can't see a single storm cloud in the sky, but I sure can smell the rain. Mm. I think it's called I sure can smell the rain. But think about a blind person saying, I can't, yeah. you know, that phrase. Yes. So he was so intuitive. And I remember coming in uh, to write with him one day. And and I guess he could just hear my voice. Something was up. And he goes, what's going on? I said, oh, man, excited to be here. And he goes, no, sit down. Tell me what's wrong. So we ended up just having this discussion. I was just talking about somebody in the business that shall re- remain nameless. But that started having success about the same time as us but they let this success go to their head. Mm -hmm. And I said, I just don't understand that. I mean, the success shouldn't change who you are. And he goes, oh, it doesn't. He goes, 
success will accentuate the person you are. I was, I've heard this. Yep. So if you're, cause the same thing with money is what people say. Same thing. And, yeah. and, and so, uh, he was saying, you know, if, if you're a good person, it's going to accentuate that. And if, if you're a sheep in wolf's clothing, mm -hmm. it's going to accentuate that. Yeah. And, um, so I, I've always been really proud of most everybody in our band for for staying incredibly humble yeah and just good guys that's incredible though yeah because that's not always the case you it's, know it's not always the and it's case. hard when it's a band like when it's i feel like sometimes with a solo artist it might be a little bit different but mm -hmm. like when there's a band you, you know you guys are like hanging out all the time there's a lot of trust there's yeah. you know you guys are kind of like a little family together we're definitely a family and um you know uh for those that don't know richie our um former lead singer um he actually left in 2007 to uh -huh. go on a, his own and uh we allowed him to come back in 2012 and he left again in march mm -hmm. so you know everybody has to do their own thing what they feel is right sure um but you know getting caught up in you know thinking that you know you're bigger than like lone star is a brand yeah you know and there's no one member in this band that's bigger than the brand. The brand is the brand. There you go. I mean, people, if you say Lone Star, most people are going to go, oh, yeah, I know yeah, Lone yeah. Star. Mm -hmm. You could go Dean Sams. Hmm. You may have somebody that knows, but most people aren't going to know. You say Michael Britt or Keith Rainwater or Richie McDonald. It doesn't click. But if sure. you go Dean Sams of Lone Star, oh, yeah. Then they go, yeah. So the brand is the brand, and I, I've – I think most of us have done a really good job of keeping that in perspective, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think that's why we've had, uh, January will be a 30 year career. That's incredible. Yeah. And I was only four when I put this band together. So, you know, cause now I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> okay. Everyone was like, what the fuck? What <laughs> just happened? My math just blew up. <laughs> like there's no way he was four. I okay. swear he didn't start okay. doing instruments until yeah. he was in high school. He said, no, I was 25. But that's incredible, though. 30 years. Of, yeah. And think, to think you're doing what you love. Right? Yes. So lucky. You know? So lucky. And, I mean, I see in this town, mm -hmm. on every street corner or in a lot of these bars, some of the most amazing, talented people yeah. that, you know, probably will never have the fortune that I've had. And, and they're hundred times more talented than I'll ever be. But what I've learned, people ask all the time, like, can you give me advice? Like, how can I be where you are? Mm -hmm. And there's no rhyme or reason. I, I, I wish I could say really? if, if the, the most talented people make it, that's not necessarily true. There's so much more to it. What I figured out a lot of the really talented people, they're so talented that they, sit back and just wait for somebody to come knock on their door. Mm. And it doesn't work that way. You have to work. I, I've always not being self-deprecating, but I've always said, you know, I'm just slightly above below average, like with my talent level, but nobody can outwork me. Nobody. I dare you try. But that's not just like in the music business. That's <clears throat> everywhere, right? It is. Like you see it even online on social media with people like this. Like there are people who are extremely talented, but they don't put their stuff out there on the interwebs for people to see. Right, right. And you have people who like, there's just average people who don't even have a talent, but they have millions and millions of 
followers are getting tons of money. They're like visiting with celebrities, and it's because yeah. they put stuff out there, right? And they're trying, they're working they're hard. They're trying, they're working hard, and they're great self promoters. Absolutely. And and in this day and age, more than ever, I mean, record labels don't sign acts the way they did when we got a deal. Okay. I mean, when we got a record deal, you know, you do a showcase. You could be a literally a nobody, do a showcase and have some good songs mm -hmm. they could hear and see there's talent there and then they would cultivate it they have a and r staff artists and repertoire that help develop acts that doesn't happen anymore now before they even look at your talent they go how many instagram followers do really you have? how many facebook followers do you have? how many twitter followers um how many uh when they put out their own songs how many streams do they get and without that they're not signing you it's wow. not a, it's not really about the talent. It's about the it's reach and the, the reach. Else. Yeah. yeah. And if like if you're I'm sure if you're a likable person or people want to be paying attention to you or if you're a good self promoter. That too. Wow. Know. I had no clue how much time has changed with that. It's it's in the singing different. world. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think, you know, there there are still some very talented people that yeah. are having success and um and anybody that has success in this business, I root for whether I think they're good or not because it's hard to make it in this sure. business, but there are a lot of acts out there. Once again, I would never name names, but you know, they've had, they're having their success because they're, you know, like good looking people <laughs> and they really good at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Sure. And it's not because they can sing. Yeah. And you're like, their voice is like, meh, you know, <laughs> well, sometimes I will say there has been times where I know people have seen certain people live. Mm -hmm. And they're like, man, they're really not that good. Mm -mm. But they're like big on social media and they're like known or there's controversy or whatever too. Like they know how to keep their, their name in the headlines. They do. And they, they, do. And they always say bad press is still good press, press right? You're still getting Any press is, is good press. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I, I remember um, we were coming along about the exact same time as Kenny Chesney. Oh, okay. We were both on BNA Records and we were kind of both um, on the verge of really becoming household names right and um and then he had that whole deal go down with when he was out on tour with tim mcgraw where he got arrested oh for, i didn't know oh yeah no. yeah he got arrested for um there was some uh, and i may mess this story up so don't come after me Google saying it. i told told the story <laughs> wrong or something but the gist of it is um they were on tour there was uh I think they were somewhere in New York or something. And so they have like the mounted police. Mm -hmm. Well, this girl apparently was a daughter of one of the mounted police and they were backstage and there was a horse there and Kenny got up on the horse and got arrested for it okay. because I guess it was a police horse horse or yeah. something to that effect. But it was everywhere. Like was everybody was talking about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, he spiked. He, he, yeah. Because of it. It was very strange to watch. Yeah. Um, so I've, listen, I've stole many a horse since then. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you guys are like, listen, we're going to mount every yeah. horse we yeah. see from here on I've out. I've done it. Nothing <laughs> happened. I didn't get arrested. I didn't get, you know, more famous or anything. Nothing like, happened. Damn it. <laughs> That's all right. You know, maybe I should steal like a, I don't know, a, uh, a tour bus. There I'll we steal go. A tour bus. We'll do that. Yeah, that's good. That'll be on the next. That'll be on the next podcast that we yeah, do together. That'll be good. Right. We'll do it together. I'll help okay. You out. Uh, excellent. We'll, yeah. But we'll go to different prisons. You realize that? Uh, right? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. 
you don't want to be in prison with me anyway. You know, it's like it's. I don't want to be in prison at, in at general. Period. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. So you you traveled quite a bit for work. Mm. Do you have like a certain area, location, or even one venue that for some reason like sticks out in your mind of like, man, this is like something that I always will remember, like the crowd mm. or maybe the moment, or is there like a few that you can talk about? Places. Um, there's uh, a venue out in Washington. It's actually okay. in George, Washington, and the venue is called the Gorge. Been there. So amazing. I've seen Dave Matthews play there. Oh, that venue. Incredible. Yes, we did a big festival there. And oh, it was, yeah, it's huge. It's, it was so much fun. Oh. Um, and it just as far as beautiful places, um, probably, and I've been a lot of places, probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been is Banff, Canada. Okay. Really? It's in between Vancouver and Calgary. Amazing. Like I was talking about us traveling in my two-door Jeep Cherokee, you know, earlier. Mm -hmm. When we went from Vancouver to Calgary, I was driving. It was about 5 o'clock in the morning. I got really sleepy. So I pulled over in this parking lot um, and slept for like an hour or so. And I woke up to the most beautiful. There were these mountains, and there was this lake called Lake Louise. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? That's on and that hotel, list. that hotel, that's, I still haven't gone back there, but I said, I remember sitting in that parking lot. And remember, we didn't have a any yes. between all of us and but i remember walking around it was so cold too but walk around looking at that hotel going one day i'm gonna come back here and i'm gonna stay in your hotel yeah you know yeah so that is one of the most gorgeous lakes ever like that's one of the things i'm like i need to see in person before oh, i die so beautiful but um as far as the a memory mm -hmm. of there are a few and um and they're both military connected okay. Um, and by the way, thank you for your service. I, I, I love that. We, Appreciate I, it. I never meet a person that serves this country that I don't say thank you for your service because it's a big deal. I could never do it. Well, we appreciate it. So, we don't do it for the thanks, but we do appreciate I know you, you guys' support. No, it's sure. And we we dedicate our song, uh, I'm Already There, to the military every night in and the I show. Hear, and actually, when I first joined the military, I heard that many times. And yeah. it gives me the goosebumps every single time I listen to it. Still. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. But um. A couple military connection shows that I will always remember. Mm -hmm. We did a, uh, it was a television special, but it was on the USS Harry S. Truman. Okay. So the Truman. Yeah. And um, Celine Dion was on it. Jessica Simpson, Clint Black, us. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was the host. And, um, but it was on this ship. And so the stage was up there and it was just, just the whole thing was filled. I think it held like three or 4,000 yeah. folks. And um, we did, I'm already there. And I just, I, I remember it's burned in my brain looking out over that crowd while we're singing that song. And I mean, some of the biggest, baddest men and biggest, strongest women mm -hmm. that are, you know, serving our tears. Yep. And it was a sea of them, standing, singing every word. Oh. It's burned in my brain, like yeah. that moment. So amazing. And then um, we've gone over to Iraq three different times to perform for the troops. I remember you telling me that, yeah. And it just, same thing. Just, um, we, we went to a, a bunch of Ford operating bases and stuff. And uh, we went to Fob Hunter 
and it was like right on the Iranian border. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, when we would do the fob visits, it was mostly mostly just acoustic because they didn't have the the things where we could do a full sure. show. So, but it was I just remember um, playing just acoustically to these men and women that that are so appreciative that we're I, we're there to go. Thank you so much for yeah. what you do, but they're going. Thank you so much for. And we really are, we get so excited when you, when anyone comes. You know was, what I mean? And that you guys want to even come over. Yeah, it's the biggest thing. We're like, what? Who wants to come to this piece of shit, <laughs> like sandy desert? You know. And I'm a big old chick, and I was like, <laughs> you know, we're. Yeah, and it's not like it's the safest sometimes. No area. <laughs> no, we're like on the Iranian border. I remember when we were at Five Hunter. The captain, I was walking us to go perform for the troops and stuff, yeah. and. And uh, I said, so where are we? He said, oh, yeah, the Iranian border's right there. And I was like, ooh, do y'all get, you know, like a bomb attack? He goes, oh, yeah. And I said, how often does that happen? He said, about every three to five days. I said, how long has it been? He said, it's been four days. <laughs> like, I think it's going to happen while we're here. I was, like, really scared. But um, it, it was, it's so amazing, though. In that scenario, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, like, I, I hope my, my shorts can hold 10 to 12 pounds because I might <laughs> – you know, if something happens, I might need to test this out. Um, but, you know, you folks in the military, you're so calm about it. You don't, I don't know how you do that. It's pretty amazing. Um, Maybe it's just, I don't even know. I think, well, one, you get used to it. We were talking about this the other day with one of my friends in the military. Like, the first time that you dealt with a strike at a base that you're at, you know, you, you do shit your pants, feel. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit, you're like, wait, what's going on? You hear the sirens, you have to get down. Eventually, you just get used to it. Mm. And depending on how often it happens, you know, the third or fourth one, you're like, okay, mm. we'll see. And I think it's just something like that. You just become immune, right? And you just keep yeah. doing your work, and I don't know. I don't know that I would get immune to that. Yeah. And I, I laugh. Maybe we're all just, like, a little bit messed up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we go in, they're like, these, they're a little bit messed up. These, no. these are people we need. <laughs> Mentally more more tough, I think that's what it is. It could be that. And because I remember also um, – we would stay in, they gave us the luxury mm-hmm. accommodations. I'm curious what they looked like. It was a tent. Mm-hmm. It had this big hose connected to the, that was the air condition. Yep. And they were cots. You had air conditioning. Wow. That was the luxury part. <laughs> so I found out I was thinking, oh, it's going to be like a plush bed, king sure. size. No, it was a cot. Yep. With a blanket and a, a wafer of a pillow. Yes. I'm and, surprised you guys got a pillow. Oh, no. We got wafers. That's I mean, good. But they were like really thin. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, but it had air condition. And I was thinking, we're in the luxury accommodations. How? how and I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always had like over the top. Um, just appreciation and respect for those folks that serve like yourself. But after that, you were like, dang, <laughs> I'm like, these people are hardcore. Yeah. Did you ever eat over there? Like, oh yeah. We ate in them. Did they give the- you chow or they give you one of those MREs? You know what I'm talking about? So an MRE is a meal ready to um, eat in those containers. I had one of those, Did you? but we, we did the chow all the time. So I was going to say when we did fob hunter, mm-hmm. We were supposed to just sing and leave because we had a, a performance on one of the big bases at that night. Yeah. 
Well, the captain, he said, it would really be an honor if y'all would stay and have dinner with us. And he said, because y'all are here, we're actually doing our uh, leftover from our Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, and it, which was a big deal. Uh -huh. And then we're having turkey and dressing and all this stuff in y'all's honor. So we couldn't say no. Sure. So we stayed. And, oh, my gosh, we're walking through like a buffet time. I'm yep. going to do that. It looks better when that's up. There you go. Um, uh, through like this buffet thing, and they're it is. smacking stuff on there. But it was this big hunk of meat, like round and thick. Mm -hmm. And that was the turkey. Mm -hmm. It was a luxury meal. <laughs> I will say this has gotten a little bit better. Has it? Yeah. And the ongoing joke with the military branches, because I don't know who, who exactly are there, Marines or Army. It was Army. Army. The ongoing joke is at the Air Force. So that's the branch I'm in. Uh, they always give us shit because we have the nicer food or accommodations. Uh, mm. Right. Um, and then the Army or the Marines might have something a little bit less. Got then it. and the navy yeah. like if you're on a boat you know they can give you like certain better quarters and stuff sure like that. Like, yeah so we give each other shit right i bet, I bet. uh yeah. you know they they say that we're all like hootie tootie and up in ours <laughs> hoity toity hoity toity hoity toity up in ours um but they all you know we give them shit for not having anything but they're like yeah we're out doing the job we're like yeah, that's true we're just in chairs you know i guess we're in planes and, yeah that's yeah I think all of y'all are pretty amazing. We, it's just, it's a, you know, like when you, it's like the love appreciation, uh, giving each other shit thing. It's kind of like us with other bands. Yes, it's exactly. Like you, you respect them. You think, wow, they're really good, but I really don't like you. Exactly. If you aren't getting shit from someone, yeah. you're like, I don't know if they ever really like me. Yeah. That's how it That's is. True. Yeah. Yeah. And so. and y'all need each other. We do. We yeah. Have, we all depend on each other. Yeah. Which just is like similar to you guys do too. Yeah, you know, we as a do. band, you guys, you know, you can have one singer and you're like, well, good luck. You don't got any instruments. So there you go. <laughs> now, you play the piano. I do. Guitar. I do. You sing. I do. What else? Is there Harmonica. A, that's what I thought. Yeah, here. Do I have a, oh, I have a harmonica. Do you really? All right, we're going to harmonica. You ready? Yeah, right. I need to hear this. I've, I, I can do a couple blows on the harmonica and then it sounds, there we no, go. I we can go. do that. <laughs> do you ever just keep a harmonica in the back of your pocket or did you ever just to like whip it no. out what that'd be an awesome bar trick no the, the only reason that i even learned to play harmonica i was in one of those terrible bands i told you about <laughs> and we had a girl singer uh -huh. and she wanted to do turn it loose okay. by the juds and she was like we have to have the harmonica part does anybody play harmonica and everybody's like no 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 i was like i'll get one i'll learn it yeah so i got one and i learned it there you go i feel i feel like if you had that in your pocket at a bar, some girl comes up. You just, you know, whip out a little tune. Just, she'd be like, oh, my God. No. Now, <laughs> I, I, I see. I have seen that. Have you? Yes. Has it worked? No. It's like <laughs> I felt bad for them because. Did you? Like, it's like this particular person that I saw happen, he had a little case. Oh. Oh. That's uh, So a bunch of different, you know, because harmonica, that has a C on it. Uh -huh. So, I play what is called cross harp. Okay. So, um, whatever. So it's a fourth up from whatever key you're in. So if I'm in the key of A, I'm going to use a D harp. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the key of G, I use a C harp. Got it. And okay. So on an E, I use an A, and and so it's called cross harp, and it's the only way I know to play. I cannot. They're really talented harmonica players that can 
use really any harmonica pretty much to do what they want to do. I can't do that. Yeah. I only know the cross heart method. It's still impressive. It is. Oh, I don't know. I got, so speaking of ladies, okay. Um, I'm just curious. So now you did say you were, you were married. I was married. Yeah, I'm you divorced. were married. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when you started Lone Star, were you married then? I was. I've, oh, okay. I've actually, my, my now ex-wife, um, was we were high school sweethearts only Aww. third girlfriend i had in my life really yeah the third the third yeah and you guys got married and we got married yeah and i have two beautiful kids because of it yeah but that's incredible though yeah yeah um and so i was i guess i was gonna ask like being in the band how that was for your relationship you know what i mean or if it's hard to have a relationship because like so in the military right we um travel a lot we're always gone you deal with a lot of long distance. Yeah. And so I didn't know how that would have played a role, whether it was on dating or marriage and stuff like that, or even for other band members, if you noticed anything relationship wise. I think I think it can be difficult. Uh-huh. Um it's it's all in it's about trust. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's about staying connected, you know. Um, you know, for me, you know, being on the road wasn't the demise of my marriage, you know. Um it was just time. I mean, we got together. We were babies. Yeah. And, you know, as we got older, we just went different directions. And, you know, my ex-wife, she's a great person. You know, she's, you know, and um, a great mama and mm-hmm. um, to our kids. And, um, you know, it was just we're just different. Like I'm I'm the guy that goes to bed sometime between two and four in the morning, <laughs> yep. but still gets up and puts in a full day. And 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 I'm, you know, I'm that guy and mm-hmm. I'm very outgoing and all those things. And. You know, she's more reserved. She's the person every night, like clockwork, would lay down on Chase Lounge, put a blanket on her, two dogs lay on her legs, and asleep at 7 o'clock. I wish I could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it My just body different. just doesn't. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm like a, you know, uh, I own a Harley also, and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, she never wanted to go, you know, ride on the Harley. So we're just sure. different. But th- it happens over time, though. People yeah. do grow apart. Yeah. You know, I know people who were high school sweethearts, and... You know, people do change. They change. And there's yeah. nothing. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that to be to, to, you know, for two adults to sit there and go, you know what? We had a really good run. And, you know, kind of in a sense, like, I love you still as a person. Mm-hmm. And just I think it's better if we go our separate ways so we can yeah. truly find still be in love. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like for me, I think I realized as I got older, I just don't think there's this. This is my opinion. One singular person out there for you for your whole life. And that's just yeah. my opinion. And I know some people might differ in that i know some people think that there's one soulmate for you and it's finding mm. a needle in a haystack mm. right i don't know that about that yeah but i you know i think we all go through different stages and phases in our life mm-hmm. and some people fit in certain those stages better yeah for sure i you and know, some are willing to stick around to the change and change with you or true. you know and, and whatever else i just think that you know in in relationships so many people stay in relationships when they're not happy i agree and, you know, it was getting divorced was probably not probably it was the hardest thing outside of my mom passing away. It was probably the hardest thing that I've I've dealt with in, mm-hmm. in my life. And I've and I've dealt with some I mean, you know, I'm not going to bore you all with my life story, but I've had a, not the easiest life. And it was probably, you know, one of the toughest things, you know, it was, you know, I don't like hurting people. I like sure. I'm, a, I'm a big softy and. Um, so hurting her and was not cool, you know, on my part. And, and of course, in, in turn, it, um, it hurt my, my kids, you know, they were 
upset about it and and all that stuff so being that I knew I was going to be doing that disappointing them hurting them and you know disrupting our life their lives um you know it was difficult but I think it's worse to stay in something where you're not like all in I agree you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and um and so many people do it and I've, I've got friends that are still doing it same and, and that's cool you know that's their choice but um i finally got to the it was after my mom passed away i um it was kind of like i got hit over the head with a hammer it was like i don't know if i've got five minutes five years or 50 years left of my life mm-hmm. but whatever i have left i want to be as happy as i can be yeah you know mm-hmm. and uh, i'm i'm somewhat of a pleaser I'm the same way. And so I tend to, I've always put everybody else first. Mm -hmm. And when my mom passed, it was kind of like, I literally said, and it felt weird to say it, but I said, I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to do what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I was in that. But back to your original question, I, I feel like, you know, the road wasn't demise of my marriage. Sure. But I, I think it can be the demise of a lot of people's marriages because there's not the trust factor, there's not the communication, and all those things. But all I the major key components for a relationship, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, if you don't trust somebody, then you probably shouldn't be with them. Sure. That's a that's a, a big out if you don't. a big thing right there. Yeah. yeah. So you and just, the communicate. So communication is always big. We talk about on our podcast all the time, but it's communicating. But then also the other person and both people comprehending. Right. Right. Well, because yeah. you can talk about things all day long, but if someone's not trying to understand you and what you're saying, you know, well, it's like talking to a wall. The big problem is women and men are different. Totally. And so I can say to you, <clears throat> if I said something like, uh, you look really nice today, mm-hmm. you might hear, so you don't like my outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you could say to me, um, uh, your voice is a little hoarse today. Did did you have fun last night? Mm-hmm. What? You saying that I you know, got drunk last night? Or, you mm. know, it, so we start in communicating. We, we start not, we, we think we hear something that sure. we're not hearing. Or we don't think we hear what we, you know. So I feel like we have to go overboard to make sure. Hey, you look really nice today. And I mean, you look really nice. There's no hidden agenda. You look great. Or um, inst- because I think we get in this this situation where we we just overthink what somebody else says. Sure. You think there's a hidden agenda or a, a hidden meaning. Yeah. When is you should just take it as take point it. blank face value. Yeah. But that's the thing, too. But that's a that's something for that person to work on. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a <clears throat> hovering overthinker myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you want to sit there and you can't, you don't want to read into every little thing. Like, oh, yeah. he hasn't texted me for five hours. So that doesn't mean he doesn't like me more. He actually might be at work and just be busy. So let's yeah. not overthink this. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so like girls would do that sometimes. And then guys kind of just be like, they don't even recognize. Right. Cause they're busy. And yeah, the, that communication is good for that reason. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. So do you think there should be so much work involved though, with really trying to like, communicate well or do you think you should find someone who like you can communicate well with depends on you okay. I, I feel like um you know if if you don't want to put in that work mm-hmm. then you're not going to be happy unless you just find somebody that 
you don't have to. That just fits in. But, you know, I think most of us are, we, I feel like most of us, we're okay with putting in the work. Sure. If, 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 if it pays off emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And both people are doing it. Yeah. It, it, it requires both. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So, you know, us women are always trying to understand men. Mm, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and vice versa. I know you guys are too. Actually, we, we were joking about it. Uh, we, we had uh, Julie Pacino on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? And so she was ten- telling us that she's dating women now, right? She dated men before she's dating women. Mm-hmm. And I was like kind of jealous because I was like, I, because <laughs> in a sense of like communication has to be so easy, right? Because you're communicating with another woman. Right. And she's like, you would think but you're still in a relationship with someone right. and having a relationship with someone besides just a friendship or family does, mm-hmm. you know, tend to complicate things sometimes. Yeah. Right. Cause there's emotions involved and vulnerability. Yeah. And, and then there's, there's the outside factors of you mentioned like family mm-hmm. and you know, all of that comes into play in relationships. It does. And so golly, <clears throat> I, I think, it should be easier if it's a girl and a girl and a guy and a guy. You would think. You would think. But I, I feel like you you said it right. You still have to communicate well. Mm-hmm. Whether it's girl, girl, guy, 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 girl. Yeah. You still have to communicate well. I agree. Because at the end of the day, we're all beings based on emotion. Mm-hmm. You know? And when emotions are involved, oh my goodness. Sometimes it can be scary. Yeah. Too. Like when you're sitting there and you're starting to realize you have emotions for this person, mm-hmm. they're getting strong. Mm-hmm. Some people have the tendency to to lean into it, right? And go, okay, let's see what this is. And some people have the tendency to cut them off and go, I don't know. If I yeah. want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I was gonna ask is so we have a lot of, you know, women listeners. Mm-hmm. Is there like so if a guy likes you, mm-hmm. is it pretty obvious that the gentleman is like into you? Or is it I asked that because like there's some women who will write in mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, I'm really interested in this guy. Um, and they'll give us like, you know, certain things he is or is not doing. Mm-hmm. Is it true that when a guy wants you, he'll make it known and he'll put forth the effort or is it like, maybe you'll hear from him now and again, like, you know, maybe he's just busy. I'll speak for me. And <clears throat> I've know, actually, yeah. I've actually had this scenario happen. Okay. Um, uh, and and I'm, I'm not going to mention names and stuff, but I was telling someone, a female, mm-hmm. um, that I cared about, that I was a friend of, that they were being not treated well, that they they were being used. And I, I basically, um, I, I said that, you know, the guy's using you as a booty call or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're better than that. You deserve more than that. And... How could you tell that he was using her like that? What were some of the... Oh, well... Because we have the tendency sometimes to really be blinded by things, you know? Until when when you not treat it right, you give him excuses. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I think later on you like leave that relationship and you get into something else and you see a guy really treating you right and like, holy shit, I've, uh, I accept it way less than I should have. Well, um, <laughs> this particular person was... Um, and it's still going on, by the way. Oh, okay. But I'm not friends with that person anymore because I became the uh, the devil sure. for calling it out what I thought. And and they told me that, you know, 
you know, you don't know what they're thinking. You just think, you know, you think you know everything. And you, and all of a sudden I go, no, I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. And most guys think alike. If a guy's into you, he's not going to come over late at night, stay for 45 minutes on a good night, leave, mm-hmm. and then not talk to you for two weeks. Mm. And then come back. I miss you. I want to see you. And then come over again late at night. Yeah. I mean, it was a cycle. Sure. And, um, and, and I she was, probably doesn't want to see it. No, and that know? was the deal. And um, but I was just trying to be a good friend. Yeah. Right. And and I'm a dude. Yeah. And I know I know. That's why I ask my guy friends stuff all the time. Yeah. And um, they didn't want to hear it. And so it's it's literally you know, um, caused issues where they they call me a bunch of really not nice names and say that I think I know it all and all this stuff. And and I'm like, that's unfortunate. I was just trying to be a good. Yeah, friend. Yeah, I was to literally. You. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think. A guy will make it known. If, mm-hmm. if he likes you, he will make it known. And I say this all the time. Um, and they'll make time for you? Definitely. Because we can... You, we, hear the, we hear the, oh, I'm busy, there's work and whatever. Yeah. But one thing I have noticed is any guy who really, truly liked me per- mm-hmm. particularly, man, they could be as busy as possible, but they always made time to talk to me. Still. You will, the, A guy will make time. Yeah. And um, it might not be as much time as they want or you sure. want, but they will make Something. time. And or... If they can't make time all the time, they'll do something special to let you know that you're thinking about them. Mm. And I wish I was with you spending time, but since I'm not, I want you to know I'm thinking about you. You know, whether it's something silly as flowers or, you know, I know that's cliche. I sent you flowers. No, but I mean, it's sometimes it's a small little gesture. Small little thing. We're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, I, I just feel like guys will. They'll put in the effort, and I, I just I I hate when I see guys not I I I say this all the time to the uh, girl that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I go, my actions say it all. Yes, as they should. I I don't words. Uh, I'm a songwriter, so you would think words mean something to me, but. They don't, mm-hmm. or they do mean something to me. So be specific when you say something to me. Yeah. Cause I'm going to say, you said this, mm-hmm. but I'm much more on actions than words. And, um, so the difference is like this other person that I was just talking about in the negative deal, I go, their actions say that they're not into you, yeah. that you're just being used for the wrong thing. Well, he says this, well, it's just words. Was he showing it? That's just words. And but what I do in my relationship is it's through my actions. I'm showing you that I care, how I feel. And and I think that's more important. Actions, actions, actions. There's one thing my dad always said. So so Missouri is known as the show me state, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad would always, when we were younger, we would say we would do something. He was like, okay, follow up, show me. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, my dad having all girls. Raised us, I know, Bless to be heart. to be very cautious of men sometimes, and then be like, listen, if he's going to tell you something or you're going to do something, make sure he follows it up with actions. And that's one of the biggest things we say on here too: is listen yeah. with your eyes, right? Because watch what they do, mm-hmm. and you'll see it. Yeah, I mean, but it goes both ways, you it know, does. for men and women. Yes, because you know we're not just we're not you know. I think sometimes it's a little bit different uh, for women. We're not, I think, sometimes as driven 
by like sexual motivation mm -hmm. as much as men are at the right. beginning, right? right? Oh yeah. So like I think for us we're a little bit more uh, cautious because guys, you don't because I think for women we don't know if a guy is actually truly pursuing us because mm -hmm. they want a relationship with us mm -hmm. or if they're doing it because they just want to hit it and quit it. Yeah, and Do you know but, what I mean. But you know what's interesting for me is, um, like, I would not if 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 I was being that guy um, and pursuing someone for that. Mm -hmm. If I got that, it would just be that. Yeah. So, let me. I, that was clear as mud. Let me <laughs> say it this way: um, if if I was. Um, hitting on a girl for the wrong reasons. All I wanted was sex or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, if they gave it to me, I've already lost that. I mean, if I just met them and then they give it that to me, I've already lost my long-term respect for you. Mm, okay. Because like you might be somebody fun to hang out with, whatever, but I'm never going to do a long-term relationship. With okay. You. So you think that a, that a woman having sex right away could determine whether they might have a relationship or not. Long term. Long term. For, sure. for me now. For you. I'm I'm just one guy, and sure. so everybody's different. Yeah. But for me, that's the case for sure. Yeah. So you you think to yourself like, okay, she's willing to hook up the first night. She would do that with anybody. See, and I've I've heard this yeah. before. You so you it's it's kind of two sides of the coin though right you have some people like oh my husband and i hooked up the first date and we're still together 25 years later it but then you work. also hear that some guys don't care if you guys hook up on the first mm -hmm. date however it's it might be later on brought up in the relationship right if like trust issues arise mm -hmm. and the whole like well you you hooked up with me the first time what makes me think that when you're out with your girlfriend you're not gonna be doing with right yeah and it comes up as an issue later on because i think some guys are really would not be okay with it yeah and <clears throat> like a girl I'm seeing, I mean, before we ever, ever did that because it was a, a long distance thing, uh -huh. there were lots and lots and lots of conversations. Yes. Both on the phone and then via texting. And I mean, lots and lots of conversation before mm -hmm. we even got in, in that space where something like that could happen. Sure. Right. So, um, there was already a connection, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, and I'm, I'm big about that. Like I, I need, Are you? I, oh yeah. I like, I, I need to, um, just like, I'll, I'm like any guy. I like sex. That's great. Sure. I love it. But, I think people in general all like sex. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like connection. I like mm -hmm. to, um, you know, like I'm, I'm attracted to intelligence. I'm in I'm attracted to humor mm -hmm. um, um and just somebody that's fun yeah you know and so if you can have all of those things and and i'm also attracted to people that have ambition drive and it's probably because i have so much you mm -hmm. know and um so I, I like getting to know all of those things leading up to that yes i guess you know yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a very similar way. And I remember I was told at one point it's called there's a there's a term for everything now. Mm. Right. But it's called de demisexual, meaning that like that those people are the type of people who need to have a connection. A fly. I know, we have a good. fly. Go away. Fly. Shoot fly. <laughs> Don't bother me. Um, We're busy. We but you have to have because I'm the same way. 
um to me like if i was to have a sexual experience with someone right off the bat it it would purely just have to be sexual because Mm -hmm. and honestly it's not enjoyable for me right um which i've you know articulate many times to my friends and to the audience because they're all my girlfriends but Mm -hmm. like it doesn't fulfill anything for me like i like to feel connected Mm -hmm. with someone and then in that connectedness i mean what happens is just incredible yeah at that so but i wouldn't I don't know if all men have that mindset. And I know there's some people out there who are just like, hey, I'm I'm cool with just hooking up or And that's ex. okay. I it's not my you know place I mean? to judge. Yeah. I, I'm I'm I think if it makes you happy, absolutely go for it. But, absolutely. But I'm just saying for me personally, if I wouldn't have a long term relationship with somebody if that were the Sure. You know, the deal because it's it's gotta be about more than that. Yeah, but it's something to look at. So there was this video that I saw the other day that someone said, if you had to marry the last person that you had sex with, would you be okay with it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I was thinking to myself, sometimes I think that we don't like when you have sex with someone, unless you're like super, super safe or whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like there's still like a possibility mm-hmm. you could maybe get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think about it before you were to engage in anything with them. If you were to be like, man, would I want to have a kid with this person? Cause yeah. that's what could potentially happen. Worst, worst case scenario. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us really think of that before, <laughs> beforehand. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you stuck with them for the rest of your life. The person I'm seeing has, has a three-year-old kid with uh-huh. that exact scenario. Now it was somebody she was dating, but you know, that person never wanted a kid. Oh yeah. And, and that, it makes it difficult. And they did all the right things. That's what I'm saying. And still got pregnant. You can literally, like, you could take the plan B pill. You can use contraception. You can use condoms and everything. And something could still go And did. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And I know no one looks back and regrets having a kid. I, oh, you no. know, at, By the time they have this child, they're like, oh, this is the best thing that could happen to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, something sure. we have the tendency to not think about sometimes that I even thought to myself, okay, I need it. I'm going to remember that from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this someone I want to be with? Yeah, because that guy in my life for the rest of my life. That guy's no longer in the picture. Like soon as really, he found at out, all. no, as soon as he found out she was having a, a kid, he was like, "I told you I didn't want kids. I'm out." Oh, what a bummer! Oh yeah, and um, but you know, shame on him. Sure, he's yeah. missing out. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Shame on him, and and kudos to her for you know being the strong, An incredible person mom. she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. So throughout all your time, then, um have you learned like one, is there one piece of like relationship advice that you would give that like you think just completely solid that people would could benefit from that you had to learn or that, you know, you experienced over the years? Um, don't settle. Don't settle. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if anybody can latch onto that or not, but I know so many, I have so many friends that settle in their relationships and there's just no reason to do it. There are mm-hmm. so many amazing people in this world. And if you settle for something, you're going to miss out on like a great experience that you could have in this lifetime. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's where I am in my world. You know, I'm not going to settle. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be right or it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. 7.6 billion people in the world. Yeah, that's a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like with a B. That's a lot. Billion. Billion. Yeah. yeah. There's a, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a comedian. His name's Daniel Sloss. Mm-mm. And it's funny because he's actually a comedian, but at the end of some of his bits, he talks about relationships and it's very like serious, mm-hmm. but he still makes jokes about it. Of course. But he talks about how, and this was my, 
when I listened to this, this was my pivotal moment when I knew I had to leave because I had settled in my marriage. Like I mm. should not have ever married him. Yeah. Because I, I did settle because I did it out of fear. Um, I had a, a medical can, you know, thing that popped up and my whole career flashed before my eyes and I was like, it might be gone. And I grabbed the quickest thing that I thought I needed. Right. Yeah. I'll have a husband, I'll have kids. At least I'll have it at the end of the day. And so he sat there and his like, the one thing he said was, okay. Yeah. So you spent five years with this person and you sit there and you think to yourself, how can I walk away? I've already spent five, five years with them. Yeah. He's like, okay, so five years or the rest of your life miserable. Yeah. Un unhappy. Mm -hmm. Just like literally sitting there wishing you've completely changed yourself to be with this person. Mm -hmm. He's like, you want to live even five more years with them? Yeah. You know, and when he painted it like not that, even five more minutes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for me, that was like, damn. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's not. Yeah. And, and I know people say it's being selfish, but I don't think it is because I think at the end of the day, who's going to take care of you the best and who knows you the best. Right. I think it is being selfish, but sometimes, yeah, because I even said that about myself, that for the first time in my life, I'm going to be selfish. Okay. But I feel like sometimes when it comes to your happiness, as long as you're not, you know, doing something that's cruel and unusual to somebody, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, sometimes you have to be selfish. Mm -hmm. there, there are, you know, it's not an all the time thing, but like when it came to, my relationship, you know, I was being selfish saying I want out of this because I'm not happy. I'm not as happy as I could be. And it not because she's a bad person. Cause I'm, I'll say it again. She is not, you know, she's a great person. Um, we were just really good friends and really good parents. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that's, that's not like a marriage. You Don't know? you also think that you were just to be like devil's advocate there. Don't you think you were also, doing it for her as well because like in, in a sense you're like you so for me like i want that person because you said you're a people pleaser mm -hmm. right and i still think that at the back of your mind maybe you're still thinking of like she deserves someone who like truly loves her really wants to be with her and mm -hmm. you can give her the the world yeah and i'm not that guy right now mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and like it's not fair to her it's not fair to the kids it's not fair to us so yeah while it might be selfish at the same time well, yeah, and you know, she's now in a great relationship with a guy that, you know, she's crazy about. And yeah. I mean, she even posted a thing the other day. They were out at a concert and said, you know, it's such a great concert out with my best friend. And, See? you know, so she's in a good space. Yeah. And um, we don't think that when it ends, though. Do you know what I mean? We don't right. think it's good. But then later on, you look back and you go, you know what? It really was for the best, I think. Yeah. It, it was and, hard. And but... she and I are still really good friends. That's you know? great. So, you know, it's. um I think it worked out for everybody. Yeah. You know? So see, don't settle. Don't settle. There we go. Dino, right? Dino. I want so really quick before we like head out. You had, you told me an awesome story yesterday about how you got this nickname Dino. Yes. Well, and I, and I think they need to hear it. Okay. Well, my brother has called me Dino like most of my life, but he was really the only one. Yeah. Dino, and my mom used to call me Dini. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Dini. I hated Dini, but my mom could do it and get away with sure. it because she's mom. Uh -huh. But my brother always called me Dino. And so no one else had ever called me that. So um, years ago when um, George Bush was president. It. You do his voice so well. Not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, when he was president, we were on his short list for um, anytime there was something going on. If, if they wanted music and we were available. 
he would have us. Mm-hmm. So we we did lots of things. We did Christmas tree lighting ceremony. We we went to um, uh, Camp Lejeune, um, Fort, Fort Lejeune, yeah, Camp, Camp Lejeune, yeah, and um, uh, performed for the troops. They were about to send, I think, ten thousand troops over to Iraq, and um, and so we were going to be there. The president was going to be there and and speak to the crowd and everything, and um, and so the helicopters flew in and we're under this tent waiting to go do our thing. But the president had to be there first. He lands, he comes over and he's literally standing right beside me mm-hmm. under this tent. And I'll talk the ears off a of brass monkey. I don't care who you are. Um, president or garbage collector. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk. And um, so I just started talking to him and not about politics. Cause I'm not a political person. Um, and we're just talking normal stuff, talking about Rangers baseball and, just stuff, you know, and at the very end, um, he was about to go do his speech and stuff. And there were, you know, he was about to send 10,000 troops over and there were some, a handful of moms, dads, husbands, wives, kids of uh, a fallen soldier. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he was going to speak to those families one-on-one. And, and I just started thinking about the weight of what that must be like. Well, you know, no matter where you fall politically, that, to put myself in his shoes and how that had to have felt to him. Yeah. And so I just said to him, I said, listen, I'm not a political guy, but I just want to say, God bless you for, you know, being the president of this country and the weight of the world that you have on your shoulders. I can't imagine doing what you have to do here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just want to say, I'm going to be praying for you. And, and, uh, and that was it. Right. So a couple years go by, and we were asked to do the Christmas tree lighting ceremony at the White House, and we got to bring wives and stuff. And so we go to the White House, we do a dinner, we sing, we do the dinner, and then after the dinner you go in this room and you get your picture with the president and the first lady. Mm-hmm. So my wife uh, at the time, she um, was so nervous to be there. She had red, you know, we're all dressed really nice <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and she had red lipstick on and the handler that they give you, he says, all right, Mr. Sams, Miss Sams, we're going to walk in when the doors open. Please don't walk up to the president, first lady, until I announce you. I'll announce you, Miss Sams, if you'll go stand by the president. Mr. Sams, you'll stand by the first lady. Take a picture. We're going to exit to the right. There's no time to talk. Please keep this fast. We've got a lot of people to get through tonight. Thank you for your cooperation. And my wife, through her red lipstick, her lips were white. She was scared to death. So the door opens, we walk in, the handler hadn't announced us yet. Uh And, and president Bush looked at me and he goes, Dino. (laughs) And he walked and met us halfway Uh and he hugged me and he says, this your wife and introduced her. And, and, and it was so, and we just sat there and talked and the handler was getting so pissed. But my wife looked at me like I was King Kong for like a week. I was like a big deal. (laughs) She's like, how do you? Because the president called me Dino. You guys like BFFs. And uh, and then we took our picture and everything. We're about to leave. And um, President Bush, he goes, so you've been staying out of trouble? And I was like, you're the president. You should know that. And he went, we quit that about Nixon. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. And uh, Oh, that's awesome. So it, it was a great, great time. And to have somebody that powerful and influential that meets so many people yeah. call me Dino. You had an impact on Without... It being announced so i hadn't seen him in like a couple years yeah what a good memory and not just dean 
Because you, uh, you introduced you introduced yourself Dean. to Dean. I'm him, Dean. And he yeah. gave you the nickname. He gave me the nickname. So you and the you and the prize O W were like were this. Tight. I'm kind of over here. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. That's such a fun story though that you get to like tell in a good memory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's good. I've I've been so blessed in my little career to get to meet a lot of great people and uh, like yourself and and the president and so many other people and I'm just that's why I wake up every day because. Yeah. Life is always exciting with each new thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So at the end of every episode, we mm -hmm. traditionally like have our guests or whoever highlight a woman, right? Particularly in their life who've um, who's made a difference. Maybe mm -hmm. he's been a role model. Maybe someone that you just want to shout out and give a little love to. Um, yeah. Just because like, you know, we we'd love to show each other some love. Over yeah. Here. I, and as you should. And I don't um, know if there's anyone in particular that you would like to to recognize yeah that's that's pretty easy obviously um my mom who raised three of us by herself she's such a was such a huge influence on my life she didn't have the easiest life she had a lot of issues on her on her own um that kind of brought them into our world too but she still was a strong mom so obviously got to say it to her but this person in particular that i want to talk about um she uh passed last year mm -hmm. um but really i she gave me life because she was the choir director that oh, and wow. um she you know gave this punk kid the opportunity to to not only do this but taught me the love of it mm -hmm. and she gave me great work ethic and if you want something you have to work at it and um and i was i was at a point in my life where i could have really gone the wrong way uh -huh. you know um and and I was because of her. I mean, I have this great career, um, and I, I have this great passion. I have this great work ethic, mm -hmm. and it was it was really because she she pushed and she she made me excel. Mm -hmm. And so Marty White, uh, she like I said passed last year, but um, she uh, was a great influence in my life. That's and, incredible, and I'll never forget to it. Marty. Yeah, Marty White. Yeah, Marty White. I, I think that says so much about our teachers and mm. you know, um, all those role models when we're younger. The influence and the impact that they have on us. They can you know both I mean? good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, so hopefully, all you teachers out there, just know that your gig does matter. It does, and, and you can make it influence on somebody a Yahoo like me. Absolutely. You know, you you never know what we can turn into. Even when you don't think it matters, it does. It does right? matter. Yeah. It'll, it might not, so you might not see it then, but later on down the line, mm -hmm. I always end up going back and like thanking my teachers, my basketball coach, my principal. And yeah. Like, thank you for, because they all, they do, they help mold you too. It's not just your family. That's right. I mean, you know? it, it takes a village. It sure does. Absolutely. It takes a village. It does. Now, where can people find you? And are you guys like touring right now? Are you guys like singing and where can people see we are you? We're definitely singing. Um, the year is closing down uh, mm -hmm. as far as touring. We have. I want to say maybe eight more shows this okay. year, um, but 22, 2022 is going to be a big year. Is it? It's going to it's going to be a great touring year for us. Lots of shows. That's exciting. And um, they can go to LoneStarNow.com, uh, which is our website, and there's obviously a list of tour dates. You can also find us, you know, at Lone Star Official um, Instagram, all that stuff. We always are posting stuff. Yeah. On there, and we're doing something else. That's what I can't. We got talked into it, but it's actually been really fun. We're doing cameo now. 
Nuh-uh. So people can like cameo, you know, reach out to us via cameo and we can do like special occasions. Yes. Like we'll do birthdays and anniversaries and, and it's it's really been a lot of fun and we've received so I've many. I've seen those. People love it. They love it, you yes. know. And uh so yeah, they pay a nominal fee and then we we film ourselves talking to whoever they want us to talk to and yeah. singing and whatever, doing that special message. Yeah. So that's something fun that we're doing. That is really cool. Yeah. I can't believe we're doing it, but we are. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing before we leave too. Okay. So Amazed. Yeah. That's like, okay. So on Spotify, that's like you guys' like number one song on there. It that's was I noticed. big. And I, I have to be honest. I'm like really <laughs> going to be bluntly honest here. Okay. That song, I 100% did not think it was Lone Star. Well, I think Boys to Men did a version of it okay. after us. For some reason, I thought like Faith Hill and Tim McGraw did something similar. Maybe, but, but when I heard it, I was like, because I heard the song and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this song!" Yeah, and I was like, "This is incredible!" I was like, "I guess you know, sometimes we just don't put all all of it together." You're like, "I've heard this somewhere, but I don't know where." I, I'm that person that I'll hear a song, but I won't attach it to whoever the artist is. Uh, yeah. You know, I just, I know I like You just song. hear it. And then yeah. you're like, wait a second. Oh, this is this. So I get that. But yeah. yeah, no, we, we were the first ones to cut it. It was a, um, this, this will tell you how crazy and awesome our career got at one time. So it spent nine weeks at number one on the country charts. Damn. It crossed over to the pop chart and, um, spent two weeks at number one. Did it? The same week that it was spending its second week at number one on the pop chart. Our follow-up single, Smile, was number one on the country chart. Mm -hmm. So we had the number one song in pop with Amaze, number one song in country with Smile, walking the red carpet of the Grammys, nominated for a Grammy. Wow. Same, all the same week. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. But here's here's how God does his thing. So he, keeping us humble uh -huh. because we're walking the red carpet. I just mentioned number one song in pop with Amaze, number one song in country with Smile, walking the red carpet of the Grammys, nominated and you know you they do the there's all the picture people yeah all the paparazzi we're standing in the right spot for the picture but apparently there was this rapper named genuine who i still to this <laughs> day do you know who that is yes he sings the song pony which is the only song he was known for it was like a sexual song i still don't know who that is but genuine <laughs> was there and apparently we were standing in front of genuine and the paparazzi folks were going Get out of the way, genuine over here, genuine over uh -uh. here. Y'all, who are y'all? Y'all just get out of the way, genuine over here. And so we just kind of <laughs> walked on by. And said number one song in pop and country with two different songs, but here's but genuine, known for one song. And he sings a song. I'm horny. Let's do it. You never heard it, right? No, but I'm gonna go listen to it pony. today. That's what he sings. It's I don't just know one it. song. Okay. Yeah. And he rhymed horny and pony. I think so. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I guess it works. That's some talent right there. That's some talent. Horny and pony. I know. Uh, the one song that I was listening to on the way here that I really like is usually, I think it's usually unusual. Unusually unusual. Unusual yeah. unusual. Yeah. I, I was like, listen to that. Did you guys write that about? Like, we didn't someone? write that particular one. Mark, oh, okay. Mark McGuinn wrote that. And um, it was just such a different song. Yeah. And it's it was fun. It it actually it went, I want to say, 10 or 12 on the charts. Is I can see that. Yeah. Because I can see like women listening to it and feeling like special and yeah. sweet. And like some guy being like, oh, babe, this reminds me of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the lines, you know, she introduced herself as Amy, said, call me Caroline for short. <laughs> she said she just moved in three doors down so she wouldn't be the girl next door. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 
and I know the shoes she wasn't wearing fit her just right when she said, hey, man, did you know that somebody left the grass out in the yard all night? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty cool lyric. It is. She's unusually unusual. I'm impressed. So did you know all like all the lyrics to all your songs? No. no? I know the choruses for sure because I sing the harmony on all the choruses. Sure. Um, but um, I actually did a thing here yesterday for um, a convention group, just mm -hmm. me. And... Um, and they wanted me to sing Amazed. And I was like, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Pulled up my phone and Did pulled you? up the lyric. Yeah, so weird. That's what and I was wondering. I got the chorus down. Yeah, you're good. Because that's, you, that's all you do. That's all I do, sing the chorus. Okay. I just didn't know because, like, for some reason, I feel like my brain's full of just music lyrics from, yeah. like, when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Like, for some reason, all the Blink-182 songs in high school I listened to. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So you won't hear it for, like, decades, but all of a sudden you hear it and you remember every word. Every word, yeah. Every word. So I didn't know if it was similar for you guys. Because you're playing it all the time, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I probably know most of them. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't give myself enough credit. I probably know most of them. There was just one line in the first verse and the second verse are so similar. And if you, you if you say the... Second one in the first verse, it messes up the rest get them, of it. Yeah, you get a little like, wait a second. Yeah, something's a, a little askew. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So I had to ask that really quick. I know, yeah. Really that, that's all I got on that one. I know. But the, but the song, too, that you sing to the troops. Mm -hmm. I'm already there. I'm already there. Yeah. If you guys haven't looked it up, like, I'm sure you guys have heard it. That's the thing, too. So when Toby even told me about it, I was like, because I'm terrible with titles yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. But when I heard it, I was like, this, this song. Yeah. Um, it's incredible, and we appreciate Thanks. you guys dedicating that to us every night in our show. It means every so night. much. I don't think you guys understand like the little things like that. Like, really, just mean so much to us. Well, you know, when the song was written originally, it was it was written out of us being gone on the road, sure, constantly missing our families and stuff, and you know, missing birthdays and first day of school with mm -hmm. kids, and you know, all the stuff that you miss. Um, but. It came out right about the same time 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And um, Diane Sawyer actually dubbed it the unofficial anthem for the military. Wow. And um, and they played it and they did a montage of military folks and stuff when that was going on. And um, and so we we literally just started dedicating it because we we received so many emails and letters and from people just saying, you know, you know, I won't say my husband's, you know, over in Iraq and or I lost this person or, you know, there's so many applications that it can fit. And truly, I mean, when this is over, when I'm not doing this anymore, the things that I'm going to remember are these emails and these stories. And and I'm not I probably won't remember how many number ones we had or awards we won mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm going to remember people. I'm going to remember places like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And, and I'm going to remember the way, if you do it right, music can really touch people in a positive way. Absolutely. And I, I, I do these on my, when I go for runs and stuff, I don't look like I've been running much lately because I have an injury. That's why I'm a little heavy right now. But when I normally do my runs, <laughs> when I do my runs, uh, I always post and on Instagram, I'll do like a live or whatever yeah. in my stories. And, and, um, and I'm trying to motivate other people to, you know, do their thing. But the last three things I say, every time I post one, I go, be happy, mm -hmm. be healthy, 
be positive. Mm, and, and so I feel like, you know, these, these people that have, our music has been able to touch in a positive way that goes into my be positive because yep. that's, that's the greatest gift that we get back from our music. Mm -hmm. I don't think you guys understand how much music does impact us people in general. Like, yeah. I mean, you can make, <laughs> it can uh, make you happy. Yeah. It can make a, a, a sad moment. Just have you cry through it mm -hmm. even more, make you feel things that you probably were trying not to feel. Right. Uh, and that song is really relatable to a lot of us. Yeah. And I think it's in a, in a good and a bad way. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's a, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad that I'm gone, but I like, you know, I, I, I'm serving my country and my, you know, my family still loves me and I'm always there. Yeah. Right. No matter what, no my matter presence, what, no matter yeah. what. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's beautiful. Yeah. So thank you well, guys thanks. so much for that. You got it. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. This is of a blast. Course. This has been fun. Way. I know. And uh, uh, hang last night and then the podcast today. I know. It was it was a blast. And we're gonna go eat lunch after this. We're just gonna so go. you know. Yeah, wait, where are you guys taking me? Waldo's. Wa Waldo's chicken and beer. Apparently chicken you can't go wrong with that. Chicken mm. and beer. You know it's, what I mean? And it's really good chicken. Really good. Yeah, I gotta say, like Hattie's. I wasn't as impressed with. We're not impressed. Yeah, Hattie B's. Everyone kept telling me. You guys all kept telling me go to Hattie B's, and it wasn't bad, but it was you know. Waldo's. You're gonna get a different report on. There Waldo's. we go. We're gonna get it. You're so. gonna love it. <laughs> I'll I'll make sure to update you guys on that. My one. stomach is like going <laughs> as we're talking about it. Well, we're hungover a little bit. A little Just bit. A, actually, I was pretty good. I think you were. I have a little bit of a headache. It's okay. <laughs> this bit. is the way we do. This is you know, you have a fun night. The next day. Do what you gotta do. And then we're gonna eat chicken. Mm, mm, there we mm. go. Are you gonna sing for us? No. You played all I out of everything so far, you played it all. Then you're not gonna sing? Do what you're gonna do. I can't no. even sing. I'll sing it. You just did it. It's like, uh, uh, oh, oh, don't make me get up dance I know. now. Oh, well, you know, no. dance moves out. Oh, <laughs> I'll get this whole thing going. Yeah. Oh, you don't oh. break them all out. You don't want none. I'm telling you. Oh, Dean, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, you guys. Um, until next time. See ya. Be happy. Be healthy. Be positive. Yeah, I'm crazy, can't be right. Call me a mess, but I'm not alright. I'm jaded.